This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Every new year, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. Maybe you finally organized one part of your space and you want to tackle another. Or maybe you're taking your supplements every morning and now you want to actually eat breakfast too. Therapy can also help you build on what's working by helping you find your strengths so that you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. I know firsthand how helpful it can be to learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. Therapy isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress that you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Curiosities today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Curiosities. Welcome to Aaron Menke's Cabinet of Curiosities, a production of iHeartRadio and Grim and Mild. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. Some people can really get into something, especially at the beginning. Those who are new to fixing up cars or close-up magic or CrossFit can be downright zealous about their latest obsession to anyone and everyone who would listen to them. People like Simeon Stylites. Born and raised by a poor shepherd family in Turkey in 390 AD, Simeon got way into Christianity when he was only 13 years old. The Roman Empire had officially adopted the religion less than 100 years before, so many folks were just discovering it for the first time. Simeon had been entranced by a sermon on the Beatitudes, and only a few short years later, he left his family to join a monastery. Now, Simeon didn't do anything halfway. If he was going to adopt Christianity as his own personal religion, then he was going to go all in, which he did. He took it so seriously and lived in such an austere and pauper-like manner that even the other monks thought that he had gone overboard. For example, Simeon once holed up in a small hut where several monks eventually discovered him unconscious with palm fronds wrapped around his midsection as a form of self-punishment. They tended to his wounds, but they didn't believe that he would fit in with the rest of the community, and so they asked him to leave the monastery for good. Shunned by the people who should have accepted him, he traveled to a small hermitage and gave up eating and drinking for Lent. When he finally emerged, still alive, the people believed that it was a miracle, and Simeon had gained a following. He set out on his own, doing the best he could to tamp down his physical urges and live the life he believed God wanted him to. And the more he did so, the more that others wanted to learn from him. They followed him wherever he went, asking for advice and help with their problems. But Simeon needed peace and quiet, so he climbed what is known today as the Sheikh Barakat Mountain and found himself a modest dwelling in a narrow space just big enough for one person, himself. Sadly, even that wasn't far enough away for him to go. It didn't take long for his disciples to track him down and harass him for answers and prayers. Simeon didn't have any time for the studying and praying that he needed to do for himself. So he kept walking until he stumbled across a pillar in the town of Telenissa in Syria. 
He climbed up the pillar and laid down a platform on which he sat all day and night. Local children often climbed up to give him bread and goat's milk to keep him fed. It was also believed that a pulley system was devised so that he could raise and lower the necessary sustenance himself. The Christian elders who lived nearby heard about Simeon's life on the pillar, and they didn't get it. They wanted to make sure that his particular brand of asceticism was being practiced for the right reasons, so they met him and ordered him to come down. If he refused, then they would go up there and get him by force. But if he relented and came down voluntarily, then he could stay. He agreed to humbly vacate the pillar, and the elders were satisfied, so they let him remain where he was. But he didn't stay up there for long. He wasn't just a hermit, he was more like a hermit crab, constantly looking for larger pillars to accommodate his needs. His first pillar measured about 10 feet tall. By the time he was done, though, his final pillar reached a soaring height of 50 feet. He called those pillars home for the next 37 years. They were where he prayed, fasted, and eventually died. His body was found by one of his disciples hunched in prayer and soon taken down to be buried just a short distance from the pillar. So there you have it. St. Simeon Stylites may not have been understood by Christian leaders and elders, but those who followed his teachings certainly believed in his methods. After his death, other ascetics started living their lives high above the earth on similar structures. Perhaps they believed they could get closer to God that way. Or maybe, like Simeon, they just needed a break from all the noise down below. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the Natural Hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of Melon Leaf stem cell technology. It's Melon Leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. 
with an uplifting scent that smells like coconut. Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Everyone has a comfort food. Something they indulge in when the world has gotten them down or the workday has been too long. It might be a banquet of tomato soup and grilled cheese sandwiches on a chilly fall day, or a slice of chocolate cake as a midnight snack. But unlike most of us, one woman had a comfort food that she invented for herself, and that creation changed the world. Ruth was born in East Walpole, Massachusetts in 1903. After attending a local household art school, she became a high school home economics teacher where she taught students, mostly women, how to cook and sew. In addition, Ruth worked in a hospital as a dietitian and even as a service director for a local utility company. She kept busy, eventually marrying her husband Kenneth in 1926 and having two children, a boy and a girl. However, in 1930, Ruth and Kenneth jumped headfirst into a brand new endeavor. Perhaps she wanted to be more than a home ec teacher or a hospital dietitian, or maybe she just wanted the joy of working for herself. Whatever the reason, the couple purchased a Cape Cod-style tourist lodge in Whitman, Massachusetts, about 40 minutes from where she was born. It had originally been built in 1817 as someone's personal home, but because of its location between Boston and New Bedford, it took on other roles. After a while, it became a kind of rest stop where travelers would pay their tolls, feed their horses, and even have a bite for themselves before heading back out on the road. But Ruth and Kenneth had other ideas for their new business. It would be a restaurant, with Ruth as its head chef. She took care of all the recipes, too, both the main courses and the desserts, which wasn't a problem when the place first opened. They only had seven tables. But soon, word got out about some of her signature dishes. There was her seafoam salad ring made with lime green gelatin and her delicious lobster entrees. But it was her desserts that really kept people coming back. She made killer pies, the Boston cream and lemon meringue. There was also Indian pudding, a custard dish that dated back to New England's colonial days when the indigenous peoples first introduced colonists to corn. She eventually published a cookbook titled Ruth's Tried and True Recipes and also started feeding her new VIP customers, including U.S. Ambassador Joe Kennedy Sr., the father of future American president, John F. Kennedy. But aside from the pies and the puddings, there was one dessert that Ruth truly treasured, her cookies. You see, she was always trying to expand upon her existing confectionery offerings. The restaurant already sold a thin butterscotch cookie, which was served with ice cream. It was a fan favorite, but Ruth was unsatisfied. She wanted to give the people something more. So, around 1938, she and her assistant Sue started testing a new kind of cookie made with pecan drop cookie dough. The recipe was fairly basic, and Ruth wondered if she could bake different types of cookies using the same dough. She looked in her pantry for some baker's chocolate to drop into the mix and came up empty. Then she remembered she had been given some semi-sweet chocolate bars by Andrew Nestle of the Nestle Company. 
She chopped up one of the bars into tiny pieces and tossed it all into the dough, expecting the pieces to melt as it baked. Instead, the chocolate held its form. Ruth and Sue had just invented the chocolate chip cookie, and it was an instant hit, which meant Ruth was going to need a lot of chocolate. So she reached out to Nestle and worked out a special deal. They were allowed to print her cookie recipe on the packaging of their chocolate bars, and in return, she got free chocolate for life. Nestle even started making special chocolate chips just for baking cookies. And the company still prints Ruth's recipe on packages of their chips to this day. And it still bears the name of the restaurant that Ruth first sold her cookies at, the Toll House Inn in Whitman's, Massachusetts. Countless others have tried to improve upon that recipe over the years, adding in all sorts of other ingredients like toffee, caramel, and marshmallows. But none have ever come close to the ooey-gooey, chocolatey goodness of Ruth Wakefield's original Toll House Chocolate Chip Cookie. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious. Thank you.